Thanks for checking out the New Hope Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you and transform you into who God is calling you to be. You are loved. Enjoy. Come on. This is my American voice. There we go. Well, today we are in part six, and they're going to grab our, our best buddy over here. We're in part six of Armed and Dangerous. Can we all say Armed and Dangerous? And so today, uh, we are ending this series, and next week, make sure you, you check out your bulletin. Thank you, sir. There's a lot going on this coming week tonight, bonfire right here. You don't want to miss that. It's going to be a lot of fun for the whole family, six o'clock. And then next Sunday, invite as many people as possible. It's Christmas Sunday, right? We got candlelight service. We're going to celebrate Jesus. It's going to be amazing. And then this coming Wednesday, we've got our shindig. So if you could help us out by letting us know that you're coming at the back, just put your name and the amount of people you're bringing so we can make sure we prepare for enough ham. And if you could help us out by bringing a dessert or a side dish, that would be great. But let's jump right in. You know, words are important, aren't they? We're going to be talking about the sword of the Spirit this morning. And this is the last piece of armor. Words are really important, aren't they, though? Have you noticed that? And nobody but me? All right. Um, you know, words can bring peace or words can bring war, can't they? All right. You know that we speak an average of 16,000 words a day. Right? The old studies said that men, that men spoke less words. Not true anymore. We're about average now. Listen, words are important, right? I do. Right? That's an important couple words put together, right? Or yes. No is really important around my household. Listen, we don't mind saying no in my house, right? <laughs> to my daughter. Dad, I, I want to get a puppy for Christmas. No, it's easy. She said, but my friend got one. It's like, no. And then okay, right? Okay is a good one. You know, I had a pastor, uh, he was my boss, and every time I text him, I text him this big, long question, right? Or it would have multiple questions in there. This is when I stopped texting, okay? I would text him all these things, and then, at, and then about an hour later, he'd put K. What does that mean? It wasn't, that was not powerful to me. I asked you four questions, you said K. So that's when I, I started calling people on the phone or meeting with them face to face. Texting's okay, but not with the people who say K, right? Listen, I got a very important document here this morning, and there's some words on here that say I'm an American citizen. So, right there, right? So, that's important, right? Oh, I don't want to don't lose that. Don't want to lose that. Um, but words are important, aren't they? Words, words are powerful. But you know what the most powerful word on the planet is, and that will never change, is God's word. Everybody who has a Bible say, I got my Bible. So this, this is the sword, and it's very important. You know, I remember a powerful word that was spoken over me when I was seven years old. We were at my grandparents' house. There was 28 of us cousins. Isn't that amazing? 28. 
All right, it was like bunnies all over the place, all right? Well, my, uh, my grandparents had 10 kids after World War II, right? It's like, hey, we got no war. We're making babies, <laughs> right? Peace, it's peace time, right? And so we, there's 28 of us grandkids, and we're at my grandparents' house, and uh, my, for some reason, the older cousins, the ones that are about five years older than me, including my brother, they were talking about how people walked, right? They're like, yeah, that person, they kind of walk a little different. Hey, Lanny, that's what they call me, uh, my family, they, hey, walk toward us. And they're like, my brother's like, yeah, Lanny has a good walk. <laughs> yeah, I never forget it. Guess what? Now, for the rest of my life, I proudly walk around with my shoulders back, my head up, because my brother told me, when I was seven years old, that I had a good walk. Words are powerful, aren't they? I remember when I was about 18, my hair was really shaggy, and it was bright, bright blonde, and my stepmother said, you need a haircut, your hair looks terrible. Powerful words. Guess what? Now I get a clean cut, and now I know why she said it. <laughs> but listen to what it says in Proverbs 18, 20 to 21. It says, from the from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. Verse 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. It's powerful what we speak. It could be negative. It could be positive. But what we speak is powerful, right? Really, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking about when I was seven. When my brother spoke, because he, he doesn't... He doesn't lightly, you know those people who like, they always give you a compliment? Like it could be your worst day ever. Wow, your hair looks great, Monica, right? And you're like, uh, I just got out of bed or whatever, right? But he's not that type of person. You know when he says something, it's true. And you can tell me later when you see me walking, but, um, but it's, it's powerful. There's life and death in what you say. Today we're going to be talking about God's word that's even more powerful that we can use in our life. So we've been going over Ephesians 6 and we've been talking about all of the pieces of armor that God's given us. And so today I'm going to read just this last little part. And it says here in Ephesians 6:17, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of of God. Let's pray together. Lord, I just pray that today you would speak your powerful word over us today. Lord, I pray that today we would hear from you, that God, that we would understand and that we wouldn't leave the sword home, that we would pick it up every moment we need to. And even those that we might think we don't need to, Lord, we just pray that as we think about your word, that you would speak to us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So our words are important, right? Our prayers are important. I remember someone came up to me last week and he said, Pastor, you prayed for me. You prayed over me. You prayed peace. He said, I've been peace at peace ever since. What we do and what we use our words for are important. And so today I want us to think about maybe the last month, maybe the last week, how we've used our words, right? Because we can get into these terrible um, cycles, right? And be negative. Or we can get into these terrible times in our life where we're having a hard time, where we're complaining. But 
God wants us to speak these words that he's given us. These are the words that are supposed to, supposed to be spoken from us. So I'm going to go through a couple points today, and we'll see if my voice will hold up, okay? And so ver uh, number one, it is written. So write that down. Maybe you're taking notes on your phone, wherever you might be taking notes. Number one, it is written. I'm going to tell you a little story here in a minute, but um, remember the Declaration of Independence, right? Right? We, first time I get to say that, we, right, declared our freedom from where? Right? From England, right? It's a declaration, it's some war, it's not just some words on a piece of paper. Right? If you think of the Bill of Rights, it's declaring that each person that lives in this country who is a citizen has the what? Freedom of speech. Right? Has the freedom of what? Religion. Has a freedom of the press. We might want to change that when I was a kid. Um, all of these great freedoms, freedom to, the right to bear arms, all of these amazing freedoms, these words are powerful. But you know what? God's word is even more powerful. And it shows all these amazing freedoms that we have in Christ. How much more so is it that we need to read these words and understand who we are, right? If you read the Declaration, if you read the Bill of Rights, you're like, oh, I know, I know what right I have. Imagine not knowing that you have freedom of speech. Imagine not knowing, you, you know, uh, Max, imagine not knowing that you have the right to bear arms, my friend, when you go hunting, right? That wouldn't, it wouldn't, wouldn't be fun to live here, would it? But we know that our rights, but also how many Christians don't know who they are in Christ because they don't pick up the book and read it, right? Listen, when I was in, um, when I was in D.C. Uh, last month, uh, we went to the National Archives. And you go in there and it's really dark, all right? Because back in the day, they would take the Declaration of Independence all over the country and set it right out in the sun. So now you go up there and you can barely see what it says. How much of us, do we have this in the dark places of our life where we're not opening it up and putting it into the light so we can read and see what God has for us, see who we are in Him, see what, where He wants us to go, see what He wants us to do. His Word is powerful and we need to read it. The Word says, I am alive with Christ. The word says, I am free from the law of sin and death. The word says, I am far from oppression and I will not live in fear. I am born of God. I, um, I am holy and without blame before him. I have the mind of Christ. All of these amazing things, if we don't pick it up and read it, how do we know who we are? So today we're going to be talking about the sword of the spirit. All right, you think about this sword here. Um, their sword wasn't that huge back, back then. It was pretty small, but, but it was so they could have, they would have these close encounters. They'd have these close hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's the only piece of armor that Paul describes. He says it plainly for all of us that if you're like me, I'm kind of simple sometimes. I need someone to spell it out for me, right? And so some of us may be like that, but 
Paul describes it here in Ephesians 6. He said, it's God's word, people. No, he didn't say people. He's just saying the sword of the spirit, pick it up. It's God's word. You need it. It's good stuff. You know, it's the only offensive weapon, right? All of the other ones where it was some, the enemy is coming at us, all right? We've got, we got the shield. We've got the breastplate of righteousness. We've got our helmet. Uh, Shannon did an amazing job last week. Come on, let's give him a big round of applause. And uh, we got all these. But then today we're talking about this offensive weapon. I like playing offense when I play sports, right? I like scoring the goal in hockey, I don't know about football. I'm not too good at football. But this is the only offensive weapon that we have in, in, in this realm, obviously. We're, we can talk about prayer. We can talk about all those great things. But, but when we're talking about the armor, the only piece that's offensive that we can go out and take down the enemy is with the sword of the Spirit. Paul is telling us to withstand so remember at the beginning of the Ephesians about 6, about verse 10, he says, stand firm. Right? Stand firm when the attacks of the enemy come. But you know what? Paul tells us today, don't just stand firm. It's time to attack. <laughs> it's time to get out there and grab your sword and, and go for the enemy. Sometimes it feels like the enemy is right in our face, right? Like, I can't believe, but you know what's, you know why he's right in our face? We let him in the house, right? You know why the fruit flies are in your kitchen? Because you didn't clean the sink. You left the dirty dishes there. You know why the enemy is in the house? Because we opened the door for him. And he walked in. He was invited because we left the door open. But today is the day that the enemy goes because we've got the sword of the Spirit. We've got God's Word. Come on, church. You know what's incredible about the Word is we see that Jesus came and experienced what we experienced. He came to show us how to live, right? He showed us how to do communion. He showed us, he was even baptized in water. He showed us how to do that. But you know what he also showed us? How to fight the enemy. Come on. Right? So he also showed us what to do with the sword of the Spirit. So look at this. He shows us how to react. Right? We're all, re a lot of us are reactionary. Right? Something happens, we react to it. Right? Someone gives us a million dollars, we scream. Yeah. Right? Someone, someone's rude to us, we might say a word or two or three or seven, right? But we're reactionary. You know, Jesus didn't teach us just to sit back. He taught us to stand firm, and he said, I'm going to give you this sword so that you can have a, a great offensive day where you can go out and take out the enemy. So I want to read this Matthew for, because this is a situation that Jesus was in that we could be in, that we're in quite often too, that we can learn from. Look at this, verse 1, Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, look at this, Jesus was ready when he was going into the battle. 
right? He was ready. He fasted. He prayed. He was ready to go. He was hungry. The tempter came, right, the enemy, to, to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered. Listen, let's pause there for a second. You know, I love that Jesus answered. Jesus was not silent when things around him were going haywire. He didn't silently disagree with Satan, right? He answered him. He answered him from the word. Look what he says here. It is, everybody say it. It is, it's written. Uh-oh. The tempter's in some trouble now. Because he knows who he's dealing with. We need more people around that say it is written. I got some brothers and sisters in Christ who know the word and they say, Pastor, it is written. Look what he says. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, our life depends on God's word. Not my word, not what they tell me at work, not my income, not where I live or what I drive. My life doesn't depend on all that. My life depends on what God says it depends on, and that's his word. Every bit of it, every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse 5, then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. Get a look at this. The enemy's now using God's words, trying to, right? That's what the enemy does. He makes it look similar. But he's a fake. He's a phony. Right? Look at this. Now the enemy is trying to twist God's word. He will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands. This is what the enemy's saying. He's quoting scripture. So that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him. Here we go again. It is also written. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus used scripture to battle Satan's temptation. Not some elaborate spiritual power inaccessible to us. You know what? Jesus starts using exactly what he knows his followers can use in the future. Because God knows everybody's watching. And I want to show them how to live a life when the tempter comes to kill, steal, and destroy. My people can use it as written. They can use my word to fight the battles. Jesus fought the battle as fully man. And he drew on no special resources but the word. Isn't that amazing? Jesus fought this. Everything that was available to us. He flashed the sword of the spirit. You know, it's amazing how he fought like that. He could have spoken new revelations, right? But he chose to say, it is written. Church, I don't know about you, but I'm learning today that I need to use and I need to know God's word more. For when I'm in the battle, when I'm being tempted, 
to do the wrong thing or to react the wrong way, that I see Jesus reacting with it is written. This is what God's word says. He could have stood against Satan with the display of his own glory. He could have stood against Satan with logic and reason. Instead, Jesus used the word of God as a weapon against Satan and temptation. He used the weapon that we can use when we feel all alone. Isn't that awesome? He used the weapon to defeat temptation. But you know what he also did? He used a weapon that he understood. And so you say, well, Pastor Landon, I'm not a theological scholar. I didn't go to Bible school like you. That doesn't matter. If you read this, the Holy Spirit will help you understand it. Amen? We effectively resist temptation the same way Jesus did by countering Satan's seductive lies by shining the light of God's truth upon them. So let's not be ignorant of God's truth. Let's know it. Let's be able to fight with it. Let's be able to understand it for when the tempter comes. Look at verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and what? Jesus said to him, away from me, (laughs) Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. So God is also, Jesus is also showing us here that when we say go away, the enemy has to flee. Amen? So when we're in that moment of temptation, we call on the name of the Lord, the enemy has to go. Because guess what? Light and darkness can't be in that place. So if we've opened the back door of our home and said, come on in, tempter, We just have to say, away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. God never leaves those who endure through temptation, right? Even as angels came and ministered to Jesus, God will find a way to minister to us and meet our needs as we endure this temptation. You know, it's full of purpose, his word, right? We pick this up, we understand purpose. We understand purpose who we are in him. It brings peace. It brings us life. Look what it says in Isaiah 55, 10. Verse 10. As the rain and the snow came down from heaven and did not turn to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word. Come on, church. That goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. This isn't just some old book. There's purpose. There's your purpose. There's your family's purpose in here. Open it. I remember recently I had a couple really hard days and you know what happened? I I had no peace. And I opened up the word, and I didn't get through the first sentence. It had nothing to do with the problem I was in. And guess what? Right away, 
I felt God's peace surround me because of reading his word. Number two, and this is the last one. Allow the surgeon to do his job. Allow the surgeon to do his job. The battle that we're in, yes, needs some standing firm, but it also needs some action, doesn't it? It needs the word. We have to use God's word to fight. But we also have to use God's word, what? To reveal some of our issues. <laughs> right? To reveal who we are on the inside. Look what it says here just a couple chapters before. In Ephesians 4, 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That is my, that, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as Christ forgave us. And so our words are powerful. And when we speak his word, it's powerful. And this is the scripture I was trying to get to. Hebrews 4, 12 to 13. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Listen, the sword is sharp. And when it opens us up, it looks around, God does, spiritually, okay, everybody. And it shows who we truly are. It shows what's in our heart, what our motivations are. On the outside, our motivations could look awesome to everybody, right? We could fake everybody. But what's important is our motivations on the inside. We could be doing all the right things for all the wrong reasons, and so we have to be people who say, God, today, take a look at me with your word. Analyze who I am with your word. Help me to be the person you've called me to be. Help me to have a pure heart, a clean heart before you. It exposes us. And we have to allow the surgeon to do it, right? If we don't, then we'll never grow to be who God's called us to be. You know, a lot of times in the Bible, and even Shannon mentioned it last week, a lot of times in the Bible, it talks about infants. Infants in the Lord, right? We could be 30, 40, 50. But if we never allow God to check out our insides and, and change us from the inside out, who are we? Are we growing? Are we growing into the purpose? Sometimes it hurts, right? Sometimes it stings. But it's necessary if we want to grow to be who God's called us to be. The enemy is going to do all he can to keep us away from this word, right? Have you ever noticed that? You know what? And, and it might be easy things. I was trying to read the Bible the other day and I got like 17 text messages. I'm not kidding. 
And I'm, I was just reading in one chapter. <laughs> right? The enemy's going to try his best to keep us away from church, to keep us away from prayer, to keep us away from his word because he knows when we read it and we understand it, we allow Holy Spirit to speak to us through the word, guess what happens? We change, we grow, we, we walk in the purpose that God's called us to walk in. Come on, church. Oh, he'll have great things to tempt us with, won't he? Right? And they won't be even bad things. School. <laughs> right? Sports. All sorts of things that could be great. But we need to put his, him first. We need to put his word first. Because if we don't do that, the rest of our day, the rest of our world is out of whack. This is the starting point. Amen. So today, I've got a couple of challenges for you, if we could stand for a moment. And I've got some challenges because this is the end of our, of our um, series, Armed and Dangerous. But I've got a couple things that I really feel like the church needs to be challenged on. And number one is Bible, Bible, Bible. And, and really, what, I want, what I'm calling the church to, we're almost to 2020, what I want us to do as a church is to really dig into his word, is to really jump in. May we start today. We have reading plans on the website, and uh, if you want to unmute the piano. Uh, we, have, we have reading plans online, and there's, there's ways that you can memorize the word, but there's... There's many things that you can do to grow in the Word. That's going to church, going to Bible study, whatever you can do. Number two, speak life. God's calling us today to speak like He speaks, to do what He does, right? And so when we're in a situation, I love the old saying, right? If you have got nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. I need that one, right? I need to go watch Bambi again. But speak life. That's what God's calling us to do. And to speak over people and do the right thing. To be filled with that. You know, last week after church, someone walked out of church and they had this brand new Bible. It was huge. And they said, hey, so-and-so at church gave me this Bible. And it, like, proud pastor moment, right? It's like, we got, you know, this is awesome. Let's keep giving people the word. Maybe that's by giving a Bible, or maybe that is by blessing people uh, with the word. And then the last one is be filled with the, wor with the wor uh, word. And so today, let's pray together. At the end of all of these sermon series, We've prayed a prayer together. So let's just bow our heads for a moment and pray this together. Your word is a lamp for my feet. Just repeat after me. A light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it. That I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. I pick up this sword of the Spirit 
I will read it. I will use it. I will memorize it. I want to be more like you. Thank you for making me armed and dangerous. In Jesus' name. And the church said, and we celebrated, because now we've got all six pieces of the armor of God. Come on, I think we can do a little bit better than that.